Welcome back to the Reaper podcast. We'll be talking about week three and then with some projections on the coming week four. Uh, I'm joined again with Dan Wood. What up? So we had a pretty good week three, if I do say so myself. Uh, finally getting that scoring title that has eluded me barely the last couple weeks. Uh, well, yourself, not so much. I was going to say, speak for yourself, because I uh, fell back to earth pretty hard. And really, I wasn't the only one. A lot of low scores this week. Not a lot of, uh, of, of big numbers like we had been seeing in the first couple weeks. One of the, the second highest scoring matchup was the basement bowl between... Don and Sam, which, you know, we'll just start right there. My one takeaway there is Sam starting a tight end who did not play. I don't really, I wasn't really tracking what was going on with Taysom Hill, but he didn't end up playing, but the tight end on Sam's bench, Hunter Henry, only got 1.3 points. And as Sam says, does this MFR still do anything? And not last week, that would not have pushed him over the top for the win, so... Don coming away with his first win for the season, still ranking 11th in the power rankings, but maybe he'll be working himself up. What, what did you see in this matchup? So the first thing I saw was me get this close to one of my hot takes last week, which was Kyle Pitts getting over 100 yards. So he was more involved in the offense than he had been. Uh, five catches for 87 yards, just 13 yards short, um, but his best game of the season so far. So that's encouraging. and. Um, Clearly, we were uh, pretty wrong about Cordell Patterson because he uh, is a monster, 141 yards. Uh, he, he just, you know, he is defying age, defying terrible offense, defying a, uh, a worst drafted designation early on. Um, you know, made us look stupid. On the other side, uh, Mari Cooper had another good game. So he's, he's looking like a, uh, like a terrible trade for the Cowboys. Uh, Jordan or uh, Jonathan Taylor again, not so great um, after his big start in week one. So looking for a bounce back game against the terrible Titans team this week. And I mean, if anybody watched the Cowboys game, I mean, Zeke ended up with 15 points, but he's just, he's clearly not the best back in Dallas. Yeah. Kamara and Jones not showing up again for Don's first and second round pick, but I think, they still have good times to come. Aaron Jones put up a good week last last week, and Kamara, I think, had a good week one, but they'll come back. Kamara actually had five points in week one, as I look at it oh. right now. So with, with a combined, uh, what, 12.4 over the first three weeks, he's he's got to be a uh, biggest bust of the draft candidate at this point. That's fair. I should do my research. Kamara is a big bust. Um, I, would, I would have guessed the same thing. Just, I mean, he, you know, he's riding name now for at least the first couple weeks and maybe some of last season. You know, he, he gets volume, but he hasn't been that player that we saw a couple of years ago where he was just breaking games. Yeah, the only... I was trying to see if there's anything that I would, would have suggested for Sam to change out, but, like, starting Devin Duvernay over the likes of Isaiah McKenzie would be the only thing, but... When Lamar Jackson's coming off of throwing five touchdowns, and he threw, I mean, Duvernay, Duvernay came away with a touchdown. He just didn't get the yardage. Two carries okay. for negative two and two receptions for 25. But So, yeah, I can't really fault Sam for who he started. 
I mean, there's a little bit of chasing points there because, you know, I mean, Duvernay had good good points in the first couple of weeks, but his target share, his snap percentage, not great. So the the peripherals were, were not really there uh, to, to earn the start, I don't think. Um, but again, I mean, he had pretty good first and second weeks. Like you said, you can't really fault him too much. All right, moving on to the next matchup, we'll jump to you versus Tori. Your team not showing up. Tori's team performing their pretty much average 100, 110 points a week. Uh, now looks like he's already dropped his tight end listen. from the roster. I'm listening. What you got? I mean, injuries are a thing. Not that it's an excuse, but I'm going to use it as one. Uh, you know, Swift getting hurt in this game. Uh, the Sun God getting hurt in this game. You know, they were two of my biggest point producers in the first two weeks. So, you know, with the entire Lions offense dying on the field, uh, you know, I have at least a little bit of an excuse. Uh, Tua had his, um, I don't know, concussed back um, of some kind. So, you know, yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, that is he under investigation. We'll see if he yeah. gets taken out next week. Yeah, I mean, I, you mean, you're telling me you've, you've never had a back injury that made you stumble and fall over while you're walking? I think we all have at some point. Um, so, I mean, injuries definitely took a toll on this team. I think it's still admirable that I got to 87, um, but definitely uh, well, not. Let's just, let, me, let me just call you out uh, for my, my big prediction last week was Jacksonville was going to beat the Chargers, and you seem to try and slap that in the face by starting the Chargers defense, and they scored you a total of negative six points. Yeah. They scored, they scored less that. points than, than my grandma, and she hasn't gotten out of her chair in, like, three years. Um, so I, I don't know if this is a, a sign that the Jacksonville offense uh, and team really is much better than we thought, or if the Chargers' defense is much worse than we thought. Now, again, Joey Bosa got hurt. Uh, they um, went their safeties out for the year, I think. I mean, they, they have injuries, too, but there's no excuse for giving up 38 points to the Jaguars. So I think... Both of these teams are probably just sort of, you know, riding, uh, you know, riding a stigma that they've had for the last couple of years that the Chargers defense is good and the Jacksonville offense is bad. I think both of those could be wrong. Yeah, and looking over at Torrey's team, Derrick Henry, the king, finally came back uh, for for this week's scoring, going against your prediction, watching scoring 100, 140 yards total. Overall, uh, Lamar Jackson is untouchable. In my in my opinion, undisputed QB one right now, potentially best best quarterback always I mean, for all the people that say draft late. Like you get if you have Lamar Jackson on your team, you are not concerned. He's he's got to be MVP conversation if not runner at this point. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you know, you draft you know a quarterbacks a quarterback in rounds like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, you're getting decent, but you're never going to find anybody that's even capable of, of putting up 42 points, except for Tua, um, of course, in my case. But I think that was probably an aberration more well, than... that's what I was going to say. Well, the the six, seven, six, seven, eight round quarterbacks are garbage this year. You're Tom Brady's, Matt Stafford hasn't been doing that well. Um, some of the other mid-rounds, but Tua was the steal, not this week, but that's because he got hurt. Two is the steal at the, the late round. So that that's two is, the, I would say, the only defense of a drafting a late round QB so far this year. I mean, like I said, most of the early round QBs have shown 
why they are, you know, getting drafted that high. Um, they, they've all been, you know, fairly studly, putting up big numbers. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who's been a giant bust from that group. Um, so, you know, really it is paying off um, for investing in quarterback early. Moving on to the next matchup. Steelers Nation, let's ride versus the Lucky Ducks. Neither team scoring over 100 points. Uh, Lucky Ducks getting their first win of the season. Both teams now 1-2, and two, like seemingly everybody else in the league. But the Lucky Ducks still clinging on to Josh Allen, the probably undisputed QB2 overall. But that Bengals offense is just not performing for them yet. So they're still still hoping for those Bengals to come around and remember that they played in the Super Bowl last year. Well, and I don't I don't know if it gets much better. I mean, they're playing a, a red hot Dolphins team this week. They they're playing in Baltimore the week after that. Uh, I mean, those those are two tough matchups um, if you're looking for a get right game for them. So I mean. Yeah, they've they've got to figure it out to get some tough defenses here in the next couple of weeks, or else it's going to be um, another another rough start for for the Ducks. Even though they did get the win this week, uh, they didn't break you know triple digits. They relied on a on a pretty uh, a pretty less than stellar uh, performance from Steeler Nation. So you know your opponent's not going to put up seventy seven every week. You got you got to do better than that if you want some wins. Yeah, and I know Joe Mixon was battling with some injuries, but still getting twelve carries only. 24 yards, so seven seven targets, but only catching three of them 14. So. Doesn't do a whole lot. If the Bengals can't do a lot, get a lot of points against the Jets, then definitely cause for concern. That was a get-right game for them, and they did not play out well. Looking at the Loki Ducks bench, they are not having many many starters sitting on the bench. There's nothing I could suggest Lucky Ducks to put into their lineup. Uh, nope. Moving on to the, the Steeler Nation, let's ride. They're still riding the Broncos into the ground. The Russell Wilson just is not looking good out there. Finally getting some points with his six carries for 17 yards, but only throwing for 184 yards is this is this if this is Russ cooking, then Jake has got some problems. That's, you know, that's 184 yards on 20 completions, less than 10 yards completion. You know, he's doing a lot of dump offs, a lot of short passes, um, you know, for a guy that was, you know, known for throwing a, a you know, beautiful deep ball to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf uh, back in Seattle. Uh, he's just, he's not hitting those a lot um, with, with the, uh, with the Broncos. So, I mean, you know, it took, uh, it, you know, it took a while in Green Bay when Nathaniel Hackett was there for Rodgers to get good in that offense. So, I mean, there, there may be some just adjustment that Russell Wilson needs to do, but for Steeler Nation, it's got to happen sooner rather than later because he's got a lot of Broncos on his team. Yeah, I think I think Russ will come around. He'll figure out the system. That coach will figure out how to play with the players that he has. But in the meantime, he's got to look at Winston. It's not a good second choice, but potentially getting Winston in the lineup or yeah, I don't even know who you'd pick up. There's a uh, Trevor Lawrence has been good, but Russ should be able to put up a bunch of points. 
Yeah, I mean, his starters aren't bad. You know, some off games for uh, for AJ Brown, a uh, low game for Mike Thomas. So, I mean, there's there's some potential here, but again, as long as you're starting that many Broncos, um, you know, if Jerry Judy gets back in the starting lineup, they're, they're going to have to figure it out for uh, for Seal Nation to do so as well. Yeah, Darren Waller not coming out this game as well, but that's I had Darren Waller last year and he was a constant disappointment and had no interest in drafting him this year. The the Raiders, they're just another in, interesting team. We'll talk about them when we get to whoever has Devontae Adams, but Raiders are another offense that were supposed to be good this year and are looking like they're going to be struggling. Especially in that division. Moving on to Utah Give Me Two versus Team Austin Bauer. The 76 to 85. Austin Bauer getting two and one, averaging, I think, under 100 points a game. But coming right at the win, Mahomes doing all right. McCaffrey coming back to normal running back, but not his normal self, only getting 16 points. They really need to figure out how to use him there. Baker needs to learn that Christian McCaffrey is the best pass catcher and get him the ball. Yeah, I mean that that used but, to be you know one of his bread and butter uh, stats that that set him apart from everybody else was catching tons of balls out of the backfield. Um, and yet, two receptions is just not what you're looking for if you you know invested that much draft capital in him. Now, you know, 100 yards on 25 carries is pretty solid. I did uh, see that he had a 40 yard run called back on a hold. Um, so I think he's still, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he's still going to have big weeks some weeks. Um, but, you know, on a, on a really lackluster offense, the ceiling might be a little bit lower than you would want to be. Yeah, and Allen Robinson is somebody that you just can't count on. The Rams have tried to get him the ball, but he just has not been performed to what they're hoping for when they signed him. They should probably just get Odell back on the team and, Right into another Super Bowl. The Austin Bauer did start a kicker who didn't play, so that's a questionable decision, but still coming out to win. Against, I mean, like I said, you're not going to find 76 point uh, performances too much on the other side. Uh, you know, a, a really dud of a game from the Chargers for uh, Utah. Eckler, again, is, is not performed uh, to where he needs to perform for the. You know, the, where he was getting drafted. Uh, Justin Herbert was playing hurt. So, you know, you question whether he should have been on the field at all. Uh, you know, A.J. Dillon, again, in a timeshare. Last week it worked out. This week it didn't. Just a lot of disappointment kind of up and down the, the roster here. You know, as Baker goes, so goes D.J. Moore. Not a good week this week. Um, following up his best performance of, of the of the year in week two. So, I mean, really, you you look up and down the starters and it's like, I don't know who was really successful. Some of his highest point players were on the bench. Yeah, DJ Moore is garbage. He needs to find another receiver on this team. But the problem with his team is he doesn't really have any trade bait. He could potentially get sell Eckler low. Because Eckler, I think, does have some good ahead of him. But with who he's got with DJ Moore and Waddle form, but DJ Moore is... He's just garbage. You hear that, DJ Moore? Steven Gang called you garbage. Anyway, so... Dude, score some touchdowns. I know you got one, but come on. 
You gonna show up at your house? On to Milkshake Teddy versus Billy Vegas. Teddy putting up a stunning seventy-five points. I think we predicted the downfall of Teddy, and maybe it's starting to happen with his first two picks scoring ten point eight points combined. Jefferson, what's what's going on, with Justin Jefferson? I have my feelings as a Vikings fan, but what's what's an outside look at it? Well, I mean, like I said, I think the problem with Justin Jefferson is not Justin Jefferson. It's probably Kirk Cousins, um, who has really not looked good uh, after week one. I, you know, you, you thought after that just torching performance in week one that this was going to be a high-flying offense uh, for the beginning of the season, and then it's super cooled off uh, these last two weeks. Um, you know, Kirk's just not looked like an accurate quarterback um, these last couple of weeks, and, and I think that's hurt Justin's, Justin Jefferson's performance. Uh, again, I mentioned in week one rankings, Jeff Akuda, the, uh, the corner for the, the Lions, uh, is really shown out this year. I know he was on Justin Jefferson a lot this week, so that's probably why his, his points are that low, because um, he was getting blanketed a lot by a good corner. But, you know, to be a top-flight receiver, you've you got to beat that coverage. You know, that's, you're, you're going to get the number one guy on this opposite side every week, and your job is to produce in the face of that. So really no excuses there for Justin Jefferson. If he's going to consider himself uh, tops in the league, you still got to produce. You look at his bench and his other options at wide receiver are running out with Godwin still out, Gallup out, Tony out. Tony's always going to be out. That is That player is an anomaly. He can be the greatest player in the league if he can stay healthy, but for now he is... Brian in the bench and needs to come back to help out Daniel Jones now that Sterling Shepard tore his PCL or some crucial league. One of the ones that makes him not able to walk on it. So, yeah, bad bad loss for them, especially with the rest of their wide receiver room. Um, you know, not really uh, not really bought in, we'll say. So hopefully Tony can come back. But again, hamstring injuries for wide receivers are never a good sign. So even if he does, you know, I doubt he's going to come back full force. It's going to take a little while to, to get into it. Same with Gallup. You know, he hasn't played football in a long time now. Come back from a pretty devastating injury. So, you know, like I said, when those people do see the field, they're probably on snap counts. They're not going to get, you know, full snap counts and, and volume is what you want in fantasy. That's not what they're going to get. So, yeah, not a lot of optimism there on the bench. Not a great week for the starters. It's going to be a feast or famine uh, for this team with Jefferson and Diggs, and this week was famine. Moving on to Billy Vegas, he picked up your garbage with Derek Carr, scoring him 24 points, which is pretty good compared to the 10-point one sitting on his bench, so he made the right call there. Touching on Devontae Adams, who I mentioned earlier, did come away with almost 10 points, but saved by the touchdown. Had one carry for negative four yards and 36 yards receiving on 10 targets. So they're trying to get him the ball, but that's just another elite receiver not coming down with it. I didn't watch the game. Maybe they weren't catchable balls. Maybe it's something else, but uh, he probably didn't drop it like CeeDee Lamb dropped that one bomb that could have given Billy Vegas the scoring title this week. You mean that bomb a couple of quarters before he had that Beautiful one-handed catch in the side of the end zone. Or I mean, that. If, if one, you just got to throw the ball away from him and make him catch with one hand, then Cooper the Rush seems catch. to be a little worse. Maybe, maybe you were talking about that man catch he made on fourth down where he hung onto it when he got rocked uh, to keep the Cowboys drive alive. Is that what you were talking about? 
Uh, I was talking about the the basket that he just had to put his arms out. That was a ball that I could have caught. I can't, I, rem- can't remember what you're talking about. Nope, no idea. Moving on. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb had a good game again. Uh, I mean, he is a, just a solid, you know, rock of a, of a running back at this point. Really, uh, I mean, the entire Browns running game, and we knew that going in, that that's what they were going to want to do um, as, as long as the, uh, the sexual assaulter is uh, still suspended, is, is running the football, and that's what they've been doing. So, I mean, up there for, for you know, best running back in the league at this point, it's got to be uh, Chubb in the conversation. Chubb is leading the league in fantasy points thus far. Three touchdown performance. So, Looking on the bench, got Chase Edmonds perform, but you can count on that every week. So that's good that he's sitting on the bench. Leonard Fournette, I was looking at something, and it looked like they didn't really use any other running backs in that game, but Fournette only getting 12 carries and not really performing much with it. This is the Fournette that I kind of expect, and I have no stats to back up why I don't trust Leonard Fournette, but feels good to see him get under 10 points. I don't know why I hate him, but I guess I do. Oh, I know why, because he plays for LSU, a trash football team. Um, but, I mean, I think the, the Tampa offense in general has been kind of a disappointment this year. Uh, I mean, they've had a lot of injuries, but really just in general have not looked like the dynamic, um, you know, high point producing offense they, they were. Uh, when they won the chip. So, I, you know, it's going to be hard for him to score a ton when they're just not moving the football very well. Well, they lost Bruce Arians, right? Did they have Bruce Arians last year? He's, so he's there as like a, uh, he's not the head coach. He's like an advisor. So he's just kind of chilling oh. on the sideline while, uh, while Bowles is coaching the team, Todd Bowles. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know. So Arians and Brady are really coaching the team, and Todd Bowles is the figurehead. Uh, that that could be the case, and uh, Tom Brady may or want to that'll actually be probably, That'll probably end up being the case when they start doing better, is they just tell Todd Bowles, like, take a step back. We we, we got this. If if he's the problem, what if Tom Brady's the problem? Giselle Bunchen's you're talking about. Giselle Bunchen's not, uh, not living in his house, and he, he lost that, uh, that energy, so I don't know. You know, marital strife well, leads to uh, strife on the field. We all know that. Good news with Tom is he's gone for a while, so maybe he won the Masked Singer, so maybe he'll still get a win under his belt this season. Oof. You hear that, Tom Brady? Steve ain't talking shit about you now. Moving on to the lead scorer of the week's matchup versus West Carrollton. Miamisburg versus West Carrollton, a showdown of the South Dayton teams. Jalen Hurts. And a showdown in the power rankings. I mean, this this was the this was the touted matchup of the week, and uh, it didn't disappoint. Uh, two two pretty good scores, but yeah, Jalen Hurts really, um, as far as you know, value in, in the draft, got to be in the conversation for top there. His lowest points so far has been twenty eight in week one. Other than that, both of his uh, weeks have been in the thirties. The Eagles in general, I mean, they just they look like a really good team. Yeah, I I talked about this in the previous, but I told myself I wasn't going to reach for a quarterback in the draft, but Jalen Hurts at four is looking like a pretty good, good pick. James Robinson, my, my prediction on James Robinson came to fruition. Number five running back of the week, scoring 22 points. I will admit that that is saved because of a 50-yard run, but 
he did that 50-yard run, so it counts. Dallas Goddard, Mr. Mr. Regular scoring my 8 to 10 points that I count on for my tight ends. I mean, he's he's got to be the great example of, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to have a, you know, 25-point week, but he probably also won't ever have a two-point week. You know, they're, they're looking his way. Four targets, six targets, four targets. He's reeling in most of them. Uh, you know, he didn't, you know, didn't get a lot of yards this week, but he did get a touchdown. So, yeah, as far as a, as a decent floor tight end that you didn't invest a lot in, you can't really ask a lot more of him. Yeah, the questionable call that I regret is starting Gabe Davis over Christian Cook. Christian Cook, I, that was really dumb. Yeah, that was a really dumb, dumb move considering uh, Christian Kirk really had done no wrong this year. You know, he put up 15 and 21 in the first two weeks, and your first thought is, yep, that dude's seen the bench. Interesting not call. Not my first thought, but it it was not a good one, but still came away with scoring titles, so fuck you. Uh, Kyler yeah, Murray. So... Kyler Murray, I think this was another uh, example of uh, something with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I don't follow it, but I think something new came out, or it's a double XP weekend, so you can't really expect them to perform well when it's double XP weekend. Yeah, it's not enough that you have to track uh, fantasy stats and players. Now you got to track double XP weekends in, uh, in in COD to to set your fantasy lineup. I guess that's what you get when you invest in Kyler Murray. Josh Jacobs but, performed as expected. He just me, per- we'll call it performed. Yes. Not great, not terrible. He just performed. But I mean, I mean, the the glaring number is there. There is uh, Devontae Smith, top receiver on the week, uh, with his big breakout game, the hundred hundred sixty nine uh, yards, one touchdown. So I mean, I don't know if you're playing against the Eagles as a, as a team. I don't know who you stopped. You stop him. You stop AJ Brown. You know, they they are just a high flying offense, and one of them is going to go off every week. And trying to figure out who that is. Um, I mean, it could be all of them at this point. Even AJ Brown didn't have a bad week, and he was the low score of the two. So that that's that's got to be super encouraging, um, considering he had a little bit of a quiet start to the season. Um, you know, zero points in, in week one, ten points last week, and then all of a sudden, thirty bucket. So yeah, big encouraging number uh, for West Carrollton. Yeah, the other two stat lines that are. I guess one encouraging, one not so encouraging. Devin Singletary getting 11 receptions. That is the last time I think that'll happen this season, uh, especially because they brought on James Cook to be the receiving back. But Mike getting lucky this week with Singletary having those nine receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown. That's not going to happen often. And the other number, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, seven carries. For zero yards, I think. Which I mean, you you had to see a number like this coming at some point, just given that he's not getting a ton of volume. But I know we had talked in the first couple of weeks on the podcast about his efficiency. Now he was doing a lot with, uh, you know, not a ton of volume. But you know, you can't do that every week. You're just not going to average ten yards a carry every week. And this was one of those because, you know, he got the same number of carries that he had gotten. Uh, pretty much, you know, week one, seven carries, week two, eight carries, week three, seven carries. So that's about what he's been getting. Um, but this is just kind of what you see when you're not averaging, you know, six yards per carry and 9.25 yards per carry like he did in weeks one and two. Yeah, averaging zero yards per carry is 
not going to help anybody out. But he gets a touchdown with those seven carries. So that, that does it for the matchups. I don't know if you have any additions or anything that we skipped over for any of the matchups, but yeah, like you said, it was a low-scoring week for a lot of teams. There was pretty good competition. I wasn't sure. I got saved by the Broncos' defense getting that scoring title, but I don't think I can count on that Jimmy G stepping out of the end zone. But if he didn't step out of the end zone, then the Broncos would have got a pick six. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think I'll definitely get back to uh, to winning scoring titles here this week. I think it's just, you know, kind of an anomaly. Uh, there in week three, but uh, yeah, I, we definitely saw a, it had to been you know a, a weird amount of scoring the first couple of weeks with a lot of uh, wide receiver numbers and and running backs really uh, not showing out. So as that kind of you know evens back out, regresses back to the mean, I think we'll see a little more of these uh, normal uh, kind of lower numbers. So you know we'll see people winning games with 98s, 85s like they did in week three, but. I think as we look forward uh, into week four, there are some interesting matchups there. Uh, you know, there are some people who, who desperately, desperately need a win. There are some people who, you know, had a, had a drop game like I did that really want to bounce back into, a, into winning. Uh, I think the matchup of the week we've got to look at is the, uh, the cross-house rivalry between Vinegar Strokes and Lucky Ducks. Um, I don't know if they've done a vow of silence this week, if they're kind of, you know, staring at each other angrily across their bowls of cereal in the morning. Um, but if, you know, Vinegar Strokes takes down Lucky Ducks, that's going to be a tough hole to get out of at 1-3 and three going into the season, and uh, that, that would put Vinegar Strokes up at 4-0, and oh, which really would just demand uh, a spot uh, pretty high up in the power rankings if they don't get it this week. And conversely, you know, if Lucky Ducks gets a win, gets back to 500, uh, and, and gives Vinegar Strokes their first loss of the season, um, what does that do to a marriage? I... I'm going to say, and I don't know if this is a bold take or not, but I'm calling Lucky Ducks for this. Probably not a bold take because they're 50-50 win percentage now, according to Sleeper, but I'm saying Lucky Ducks wins this game by 20 points. And what is your, uh, what is your prediction uh, with your game against the uh, commissioner? Coming off his first win of the season? You're sitting at 3-0? You think you still He's got it? He's coming off his first win of the season. I mean, I like to talk shit about him, but I'm not trying to embarrass him. So I think it'll be a close game, 15 points. I'm definitely going to come out on top. I think Jacksonville-Philly is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to win that game 120 to 105. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm writing it down right now, 120 to 105. Well, if you're going to make me uh, predict my game, what's what's going to happen? What's what's your scoring title going to be at if you're calling that too? Well, you I and think Austin that, are fifty-fifty right now. I mean, I, I think it's going to be. I'm going to have to win it in a low-scoring week because I have a lot of injuries, like I said, which, which was my uh, excuse that I'm going to ride for a while at least. Um, so I think it's a low-scoring affair um, for most games. I think I win the scoring title with a uh, we'll call it a one thirty-two to uh, ninety-four uh, versus Austin Bauer. Again, Austin Bauer two and one. It's a super soft two and one. Uh, their their average is pretty low. Their their points against is pitiful. So, uh, I think I think that's a soft team that's that's due for another loss. I think one thirty two to ninety four is what I'm going to say. Okay, my uh, moving on to the bold bold take for next week. The well, I guess we can go over the ones from 
last week, which I, we kind of talked about during the matchups, but just to remind everybody that I nailed my two picks with Shane Robinson getting over 20 points, number five running back of the week, and my other one that I have already forgotten. Good, because, uh, you know, we, we, we can just skip over this section because my bull takes didn't happen. Um, you know, like I said, Kyle Pitts got a lot closer, though, so I don't feel like too much of an idiot. But um, I'm hoping to uh, to do a little better in my in my bold predictions for this week. <laughs> yeah, it was Swift getting single digits, which could have been because of the injury. But I'd like to think it was the Vikings defense that almost lost to the line. So yeah, you're right. We'll just move along to well, my bold pick for next week. Is I don't really feel good about it, but I was having trouble coming up with the bold pick, and it's only a matter of time. So I don't know how bold it is, but it, I think Russ will finally cook this week. He's going to get 25 points at least. Hopefully bring a win for Jake over Teddy. But I think I think Russ is going to cook. Him and Sutton are going to connect, and Sutton's going to get over 100 yards. Russ is going to get over 25 points. It's going to be a good game for the Broncos. Yeah, I think you're absolutely delusional, but I like your optimism. Um, I, that, I mean, just the eye test, that offense has looked pretty pretty terrible uh just flat out boring at times i i don't see that happening but uh again you've done pretty well with your hot takes so uh you know good luck i guess but uh mine is really a surefire hot take at this point i think um this is going to be Ramondre stevenson's breakout game he did pretty well uh in week three he got 18 points uh 73 yards and 12 carries but with mac jones uh getting his high ankle sprain uh, it sounds like there's probably really no way he's going to play this week. I think they lean on the running game a ton, and I think this is uh, the the week that he really takes over the backfield. I, I see at least 15 carries, if not 20, for him. I think a 20-plus point outing is not out of possibility. So I think Ramondre Stevenson, 20-plus points uh, in Lambeau is going to happen this week. I don't know. I think you're selling Brian Hoyer short, who I found out today on the Fantasy Football Focus podcast real name is actually axel and if your name is axel you're you're gonna you're gonna carry the path to to a solid win yeah i mean he's gonna game manage them to a solid win for sure behind ramonde stevenson's 20 plus points i can see that uh and then we'll we'll close out with a a friendly bet on jamar chase where i think i i think our over understands that 10 points you are on the side of under 10 points where I am on the overside. I think Jamar Chase is going to go off. The Bengals are going to come back to form, kind of like what I was talking about with the Lucky Ducks, is Jamar Chase is going to be Jamar Chase again. I could see them come back to form. It's not going to be this week. I think the Dolphins uh, are, are red hot. They're too good. And uh, they have a corner down there named Xavier Rhodes that shuts down some of the league's best receivers. And this week, uh, Jamar Chase is going to uh, fall prey to him for sure. Um, they also have Byron Jones, an underrated quarterback that they uh, signed in free agency from the Cowboys a couple years ago, who's a lockdown corner. So I, I see him uh, definitely underperforming this week, less than 10 points for Jamar Chase. Uh, he continues to cool off after his big hot, uh, big hot, that's weird, um, after his red hot week one uh, number. Uh, so I, I don't see him doing well this week. So you're wrong. I'm right. Jamar Chase is going to suck. All right. Well, we'll find out next week, and we'll be talking about it here. For Dan Wood, I'm Steve Gang, and thanks for tuning in. Know you later.